This is Alex. I'm from Boston. Hello, this is Jackie, and I'm from Houston. Hey, this is Rahul from Stanford. And we are the Premier Chess. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Premier Chels, your source for all things Premier League, but starting with Chelsea first. Coming to you on your speakers and headsets, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Guys, it has been a crazy 24, 48 hours. Rahul and I were coming on here to do a Aston Villa review, maybe share some raw emotion about how frustrating that result was, and I think maybe we would have even said it's time for Potter to leave, but listen. Todd Bowley and group beat us to the punch. And the breaking news coming out this afternoon is that Graham Potter is no longer Chelsea manager. Rahul, welcome back, my friend. Sorry I didn't introduce you and greet you quicker, but I had to get that raw introduction out. How are you, my friend? And maybe just jump right into your raw emotion as well. Look, I certainly didn't expect to be talking about this today when I woke up. Uh, I think all the indications from everyone that's connected to the club and all the media and journalists was he's going to get the time. He's going to at least get one more game. And then sometime this afternoon, like you said, the, the news comes out. Uh, we have the honor, I guess, for the third time <laughs> to talk about a managerial change since we started this podcast. But the first two were always done at like 7, 6 a.m. our time. So I guess this True. gave us a little more time to to process it in a little uh, different state of mind. But not surprised. Uh, I think it had gotten to a point between fans in the ground, fans online, and just fans in general of, of Chelsea Football Club, where the hope and the feeling around the club and getting something out of games was just gone. I think we we went into games, and I was actually surprised going into this Villa game how much positivity was there, especially online with, let's get the three points. I think we can get the job done. And in all fairness, I think we did enough in terms of creating chances that we could have. But it, I think it's just been Graham Potter's tenure where it's not been good enough. We haven't taken our chances. We haven't converted our chances. We've conceded silly goals. We've made mistakes. And ultimately, at a club like Chelsea, where success has just come naturally in the sense that it doesn't matter who the manager is in a sense, we just keep winning trophies. And I think... Potter came into a mess with, you know, a new ownership group with the number of players that have come in since last summer into this uh, winter window that just went by. So I think he paid the price for all of that, ultimately not showing any improvement. And I think you and I as fans for the longest time, and I don't even think we ever actually explicitly said Graham Potter out. I think we always understood that he needed the time he needed just some understanding from fans because as Chelsea fans, we've been spoiled for a very long time that the minute we sense trouble, the manager is gone and someone else comes in and we're, we're up to uh, doing good things. So uh, I think it was time. I think it's ultimately the right decision. I do feel bad for him because he seems like a good person. He seems like a good man. I think he dealt with a lot behind the scenes, not just with the club, but he had mentioned death threats and things to his family. So, must not be an easy situation for him, and I'm sure he's going to learn significantly from the last seven, eight months that he spent at Chelsea. And hopefully he can come back uh, and rebuild his career because he had done everything right to get into this position. And this is obviously going to knock him back a little bit. But I think he can come back and show what ultimately he is, that he is a good manager, just not for Chelsea. You know, you talked about it comes at a time where Fans were angry online and even on the stadium. And there's a lot of negativity towards Graham Potter being the Chelsea manager. But I think in the last few weeks as well, Rahul, you saw the ownership, maybe specifically Todd Bowley, say a couple of comments that you would not necessarily associate with him in regards to the performance of the game against Everton, for example, and certain things that are liked online or at least certain things that are leaked towards the media. And you know, their crisis meetings and their discussions. But through and through all of this, Todd Bowley and the ownership seems to have backed Graham Potter. And I think my high-level understanding of the situation is maybe it's eight weeks too late or 10 weeks too soon, whichever way you want to look at it, right? When we were struggling and coming out of December and into January, you spent a lot of money and you go, 
we're in this situation. It's not working out. The experiment has clearly failed. Let's part ways and and make things happen. And the reason I look at it that way is because whoever you go bring in now, and we'll talk about the interim manager in a few minutes here, but whoever you bring in now, you start to say, well, it's almost impossible to get top four unless everybody else in and around Chelsea do nothing. And you want us to have a good season in terms of results and maybe financial implications as well. So you're basically telling this new manager, whoever comes in, if you come in now, win the Champions League, which is a very, very tough ask for anybody coming in. So to that point, I say, why not just finish the 10 weeks out? Realistically, it's very hard to win the Champions League with what's going on. Yes, sure, a new manager could do it, but nothing else was going to change for Chelsea Football Club. Obviously, we can discuss this a bit more, but I know you've prepared some of his stats and they're not maybe the most flattering stats to look at, but I think it's worth the discussion and seeing why it ultimately drove the Chelsea hierarchy to kind of get rid of Graham Potts at this point in time. Yeah, and look, it's it's not stats that we're sharing to be malicious or or talk ill of Graham Potter. I think we've said it up front that we thought he was a good person. We thought he could, you know, ultimately get the job done, but we just hadn't seen enough, especially from the World Cup break. Um, so he ended up, for any manager that had managed Chelsea for 20-plus games, he ended up with the lo- joint lowest points per game, which is 1.27. So basically, if you think about it, we're picking up a draw and nothing more in terms of uh, the time that it was he was here. So it's, it's not good. 1.27 points, which is a joint... Uh, Lois with Glenn Hoddle, some of the other names in there are Ian Potterfield, 1.28, Ruth Hullett, 1.65, and Frank Lampard, who uh, in a different circumstance, I think we were all hoping would stay on. So it's all about perspective. It's all about context, right? But uh, with Potter, I think with what was available to him, with what was going on the season prior to this, not saying that he's fully to be blamed, but I think the the numbers tell you that it just wasn't good enough. Something else to support that he was uh, manager of Chelsea in 22 Premier League games in which we scored 21 and we conceded 21, so a goal difference of zero uh, over that time. And I know we all like talking about XG. Our XG for those 22 games was 28 goals. We scored 21. Our XG for conceding goals was 27. We conceded 21, so I guess that's a little bit better. But if you think about it, that's still not good enough in 22 games. I mean, you're basically only scoring a goal maybe two once in a while. Uh, and I think we've complained about this. It, it brings up a great point, which is, yes, the manager has gone now. We have a new era coming with whoever that is. But the ultimate problem here is we're attacking. We don't take our chances. We don't score enough. Um and in the case where we don't do that, you see a Thomas Tuchel come in and say, I'll just defend and I'll put in a structure that gets the defensive side right, which gets a success. But there's a bigger problem here, which is the attack. Uh, and I know we're talking about Potter here, but we need to fix certain things within this club. And it's not down to just the manager. It's not down to just the players. So this summer is going to be really interesting with who we hire and how we continue to evolve under the new ownership group. But I will say one thing, for how much Roman Abramovich fired managers, he never fired two in a season. He never did fire two in a season. So that's going to be a new precedence set by the ownership. And I think that's important to note, right? Because a lot of the discussion around the new ownership was, we'll give managers time and we're going to rate them in years, not in wins and losses. But ultimately, Rahul, I have to echo several things. And I know you want to talk more so about getting goals on the score sheet and maybe who changes this in the future. But I think we'll save that for another episode. I think coming back to Graham Potter, while I do think he's an incredibly humble and and very gentle soul, I think maybe that was one of his downfalls because it takes a big, big personality to manage some of these players and some of these egos and attitudes. And yes, the ownership didn't do right by him by having so many players, but listen, As Chelsea fans, you and I were very excited to see all of these new signings coming in. And I think full transparency, if you had a big name manager like the likes of Jose or Carlo Ancelotti or some of the big names we've had in the past, they would have found a way to manage these egos and personalities and get people right. So I definitely feel from in that that regard. But I have to say, 
I am so pleased and so excited to not hear the XG goal conversion. Here's the chances we could have scored. I don't want to hear that conversation ever again out of any Chelsea manager's mouth going forward. As Chelsea fans, and yes, we're sports, I can raise my hand and say that, I don't care about the expected goals. I care about the goals and I care about the results. And so if I'm expecting 10 goals in a game and you give me negative five, it means absolutely nothing to me. But if I'm, if I'm coming to a game and I'm winning week in, week out, one nail, two nails, one nail, two nails, guess what? I am a happy fan and I'm not going to complain as much as I've been complaining this season. So it's definitely split emotions. I can see on one side that, as I echo earlier, it came a little bit too late, but maybe let him finish out the season and see what happens. But it seems like something that's been brewing for a while and, you know, we'll figure out what happens next. Do you want to jump on to our interim manager that's coming in? Maybe you can share your thoughts on who he is, what you think he can bring to the table. I know you posted a little meme online today, so maybe you can share that with our listeners as well. Yeah, look, we got to make light of the situation because it's, it's a situation we're all too familiar with. Uh, but I, I just want to touch on a couple of things you mentioned. Eight weeks too late, uh, which I agree with you, right? I think from the onset, especially once we got into October, going into the World Cup break, the signs were there that it was falling apart and things weren't going according to plan. Uh, and then 10 weeks too soon, I think... I'll touch on the eight weeks first. I think they actually stuck to their guns, which was, we'll give him the time. We back him. We believe in him. We believe in the project we're building here. Um, I mean, they gave him a five-year contract, right? So they clearly had shown him the commitment and continue to do it. I think we spoke about it a few episodes ago. If Roman was here and, and he had brought in Graham Potter and it was January, end of January, February, and he had seen what was going on, I don't think he would have waited. Uh, so it is a new era, it is a new regime, and I, I have to credit them that they did stick to their goals. But I think you're right. Why? I, I think you're right. Why do it now? But I think I know why because you hear the booze at Stanford Bridge, Jackie. It's almost, it's almost like the fans are now turning on the owners, and I think that's what they were trying to avoid. And again, I know from what we've heard, and we can't believe everything that we've heard. The owners didn't decide, ultimately, Boli and Iqbali didn't decide to make this decision. I think it came from some of the other board members. So it's maybe they still wanted to continue and, and go down that path, but that didn't happen. So moving forward, Bruno Saltor is the one who is an interim manager. Um, I don't, I mean, I think we may have known or, or heard that he's an assistant coach, but beyond that, uh, I myself had to do some research into into who he is. So um, he's widely known by Bruno, which is his first name. He's 42 years old. Uh, he's spent seven seasons as a Brighton player, uh, as a right back. He joined them from Valencia in 2012, went on to play 235 games for Brighton. Uh, his first five seasons for Brighton were in the championship, but then he captained them to get promotion back to the Premier League in 2017, which is when they came back into the league and have stuck uh, and been in the league since then. After playing about 39 Premier League games, he retired in 2019, but he then transitioned over to remain at the club as a senior player development coach. Uh, and then in, back in September of last year, when Graham Potter came over to Chelsea, uh, he brought Bruno with him as an assistant coach. So that's kind of a history of him. Uh, it shows you that he's been in and around the game. He was started at Valencia with, you know, then moving to Brighton. So he has got the experience. It's interesting to me that one of Potter's boys or men, who whatever you want to call it, uh, stays on after, uh, after Potter got the sack. But I think that's where the club statement about this wanting to be a smooth transition comes in. And we saw that with Conte last week, where one of his guys stays on to kind of see out the season. So, uh, it's nice. It's nice because Bruno Saltor maybe otherwise wouldn't have had an opportunity, and this may open up certain doors for him depending on how it goes. But I don't know what to expect, Jackie, because we... I don't know if they had a plan for a backup plan just yet. I know Nagelsmann, and I, we'll get to it, but uh, I don't know if Nagelsmann was ready or is, is someone that they're pursuing or, or what happens from here on out. But look, Bruno will get the full backing of the fans, and 
and we'll just have to take it from here for the next 10 games in the Premier League and then two in the Champions League at, at a minimum. And listen, that echoes what I said, right, about maybe this came too soon or too late, depending on how you look at it, right? We're back in the situation of, with full respect to Bruno Rahul, he's never really coached a club of this magnitude. He's never really coached a club, period. He's just been an assistant coach. And again, I, I mean this with the highest level of respect because I'm not even close to being anywhere near a Premier League club in any capacity to do any sort of coaching. So it comes with us just being spectators from the side and true fans that love the club and want to see the best from the club. Yes, it screams that there isn't really a plan in motion. But then again, you look at it and say, was Graham Potter really the plan to begin with? Was that something where our ownership was young to the world of football and to them, obviously, soccer, right? Did they know, is he really the up-and-coming guy? And yes, a lot of media outlets and a lot of pundits will tell you he has this emotional degree, and we've talked a lot about that. He knows how to man-manage. He's been at Brighton for a while and done well with a relatively small squad and no cash. He's the next up-and-coming guy. And I say, you mentioned Roman Abramovich, Rahul, right? I say, would he have ever appointed someone like Graham Potter? Oh, great, he's up-and-coming. Oh, great, he's got the man-management skill. But what has he done in terms of winning at a smaller club to come into the club, right? So definitely the ownership did something that I would say is risky. Maybe that's not the right word to use, but in my opinion, it's something new to us as Chelsea fans. You look at the the managers we've had, right? And I mentioned a few already, the likes of Jose, Ancelotti, Conte. You even look at the ones that didn't get success, right? And Scolari comes to mind and Rafa Benitez that did have success, but maybe wasn't the right appointment due to the culture of Chelsea Football Club. I want to compare it now to Bruno coming back to him, right? The most similar case was an assistant manager coming up was Robbie Di Matteo. And I think he is very different in the fact that he bled Chelsea through and through. So that's a very important thing. I think he understood the structure of the club. He understood the history of the club. He understood the importance of little things, right? Rahul, like with Graham Potter, losing to Tottenham is not a thing that Chelsea does. It doesn't matter if we're going through turmoil, finishing 10th in the league, struggling here, struggling there. We always find a way to get a result against Tottenham. You even look at Thomas Tuchel. We were not doing well at the beginning of the season, but he found a way to fire up these guys for a 2-2 and just make it an exciting game, right? So you kind of wonder, with a person like this, is he going to be able to understand all those things? And again, I think time will, will tell if he's going to be here for the entirety of the season or we're going to find somebody else. And ultimately, coming back to the, the similarities with Robbie Di Matteo, he had a spine of Chelsea players that had been there 10, 12 years. And he's come out and said this many times since, right? He basically put them on autopilot and he went to sleep. And I mean that with the most respect, right? He just said, guys, go out there and play football. You're senior guys. Show me what you can do. And they did it. They won a Champions League with him. So I don't want there to be a lot of expectations on Bruno. I think ultimately there might be maybe a new manager bounce role. I don't know if we can call it that, but a new manager bounce in the fact that someone with a fresh set of eyes, the players are not worried about it. Some of the guys that have been on the fringes, the Madueques, even the Mason Mounts can say, I have a chance to work hard and get back into team, but I'll give you your, your second here to get a couple more thoughts in there. I mean, for the players now, it's the excuse is gone, right? Because it was all directed towards Graham Potter. It was all directed towards the owners to a certain degree with how many players had been bought in and, uh, kind of making it a situation where someone like a Potter had to manage everyone and maybe he was doing that too much by playing people to make them happy versus people that were in form or, or people that would suit the uh, the formation or the tactics or whatever it was, right? So now the players, whoever ends up, and I'm sure there's a good core group here that are going to be here next season. Not everyone is just going to leave. So now it comes down to the players wanting to show whoever, I know it's not going to be Bruno, but through Bruno, whoever the next manager is, that we can be the ones that are here long-term and can do a job for you. So the players don't really have an excuse anymore. They can't hide behind the fact that Graham Potter was taking the blame. And, and I'm not saying they weren't performing, but like you said, I think maybe the respect or the way they dealt with Graham Potter behind the scenes not that we've seen anything, because I think every time we've heard all the players talk, they've all spoken highly of him. But again, you just you need a leader in a dressing room that's got 
I'm just going to throw some names out. Reese James, Mason Mount that have won the Champions League at, at a young age, 22, 21. You've got an Aubameyang who came in. I think Potter started the situation well with him and then it just kind of fell apart. And you don't know if that's driven by the owners or the club saying, well, he's not going to be here next season. Don't play him. But he's ended up liking a post today in social media that says that he was uh, he was sacked. So there was some unrest, and that's expected with how many players were there. But when you're struggling to score goals and Aubameyang with the the record that he has, it was a little baffling to me that we just had not seen him. So I think the players now have 10 games and two against Madrid to show what they can do, maybe come together, like you said, what happened under Di Matteo. Uh, and maybe a spine does come through here with, with the likes of Batashile. I'm, I'm just throwing out young names, Fofana, yeah. Reese James, Mason Mount, who I think wants to be at Chelsea. We've seen that from this weekend when he goes out and claps the fans. So uh, a lot happening behind the scene, and I'm sure whoever the next manager is will want to know some of these things ahead of time and come into it You know, maybe a little bit more mentally prepared with an idea of, well, you owners said Grant Potter was going to have the time, and ultimately he didn't. So what really is your philosophy here? It's ultimately a results-based business, right? So a lot, a lot has to be figured out over the next few weeks going into the end, end of the season. But I think coming back to Bruno, he's he has an opportunity and it starts with Liverpool and it doesn't get easier or bigger than that. But I, I really expect some response from the coaching staff that is there and the players because it hasn't been good enough and something has to change so that we can look forward with some positivity. I think well said, my friend, and I think this is a perfect time to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. We'll come right back and discuss some of the managers that we're looking at, at least from a fan's perspective. So we'll be right back. The Premier Chelsea has partnered with Fubo TV. Fubo TV is your home for live sports and TV without a cable in the US and Canada. You can watch on all your devices, which means you don't have to miss any of the actions or goals that Chelsea score in the Premier League and Champions League. You heard that right. Fubo TV Networks broadcast Premier League, Champions League, and many other leagues and tournaments. So what are you waiting for? Start your free trial today at fubotv.com forward slash TPC. All right, Rahul, let's transition into possible, potential new managers they may come. I'm not sure if they're going to come next week, next couple of weeks, or Bruno's going to see it out for the rest of the season, and then we recruit reasonably. And I think I wanted to have that discussion with you as well. But why don't you start with the suspected shortlist of managers that Chelsea are looking at? Yeah, so I think Julian Nagelsmann is the favorite, uh, as we've heard in the media after the Potter news. But then there's Luis Enrique, who's out there, and I think he's spoken about coming to England, and that's his goal. There's Zinedine Zidane, there's uh, Pochettino. So I think those are some of the names that have come up. Uh, I'm sure there'll be others over the next few days that come up, but I think Nagelsmann at this point seems like the one that is being touted in the media as the favorite. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Julian Nagelsmann. And Fabrizio Romano has come out and said that he is the favorite, and... Chelsea really, really admire him. I don't know what all that entails and if that means it's just internal discussion or Chelsea's board has reached out and maybe said, hey, are you available? Are you interested? Whatever the situation may be. But to be very honest with you, Rahul, I don't follow German football other than maybe what we see in Champions League. And we know the likes of Dortmund. We know the likes of Bayern Munich. We know the likes of RB Leipzig. Those players that we can kind of purchase from these clubs and we kind of know a little bit about them. But with Nagelsmann, I think it's interesting because he started his career at Hoffenheim. He had a win percentage of about 40%, and I think that's kind of understandable given the situation, the funding. He goes to RB Leipzig, a little bit of a bigger step up, and I think you know the RB model is what, and I think that's important to discuss as we're talking Nagelsmann, the RB model is what Todd Bowley and the ownership really appreciate, which is having somebody who understands the multi-tier club model if that's the easiest way to explain that and he had about 56.8 percent win rate there keep in mind rahul he's only 35 36 years old so i'm looking at this and going tiago silva is older than him in the squad and so it's a very interesting discussion to have obviously silva will not be around forever but i'm just trying to put some perspective into 
who the Chelsea board are looking at. He got his big move to Bayern Munich. I think it was in end of 2020, maybe 2021. And since then, he's had a 71.4% win rate, which to be fair is expected. I think Bayern Munich is a club that buys all of the top players from around Germany and make it easy to win the Bundesliga. They were sitting second in the Bundesliga, I think two points or three points, if I'm not mistaken. And that's when he got the call that he's going to be axed from Bayern Munich. And we all know how that plays out. Our very own Thomas Tuchel comes in and it's another managerial merry-go-round because it could get very interesting if we move forward from him. But what do you make of him overall and your thoughts of a couple of things I've said here? And, And keep his age and the RB model in mind as well when you share your opinion. He's a he's a good young coach manager, however you want, however you want to put it. I think he actually was uh, on the Augsburg Augsburg. Hopefully, I'm not butchering it. Team that was managed by Tuchel, uh, and so Nagelsmann was a player for Tuchel, which is an interesting fact. But I think he, you know, injury hampered his career, so he transitioned into coaching pretty early. Like you mentioned, he's currently only 35, and he's been been around the Bundesliga a little bit and made it to the top job, which would be Bayern Munich. Um, so I think he's a good coach. I mean, I, I, like you, I don't follow Bundesliga or Bayern Munich or any of the other teams as closely, but I think he went in and has worked and coached and, and done things that, you look at RB Leipzig, I think Timo Werner was one of the players that was playing under him and he, uh, his career exploded. We ended up buying him. I think Nkunku has worked with him. And one of the recruiting people that we brought in this season in Christopher Vivelle also worked with him. And I think he's a big admirer of Nagelsmann. So that might be why one of the, uh, why we have strong links with him. Um, and so, I mean, I think if you look at the Bayern team, he came into it. He won them the Bundesliga last season. He took them through this season in the Champions League undefeated, knocked PSG out. Uh, so clearly there is some coach in there. There's a manager in there, 35 years old. Does does concern me a little bit because uh, we've seen, and I know Potter wasn't the same age, but we've seen someone kind of like unproven in the Premier League at the highest level come in with Potter and uh, it didn't work out. So that does concern me. But again, with Julian Nagelsmann, I think he may just get the best out of out of the young players and the players that we've we've bought. But it's I think at this point we don't need to rush into it, right? Because like you said, the season's pretty much done. Yes, we have two Madrid games, but I don't like that's not make or break if we go through or we don't, right? So we might as well spend a month or two or a few weeks at least identifying who comes in and will be a good fit because we don't want to be here in another year talking about the next manager and and you know restarting again because then we're just going to turn into a joke because with roman at least we were bringing in trophies right so it always justified the 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 hiring and firing right now it just seems like we bring in a bunch of players and we just let managers go uh and it's a little scary going forward because we want to have like i'm saying someone come in and and stay i think we've we've begged and we've 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 wanted this longevity from a manager for a long time. And I think Potter was the one we had thought would get it. So I think as a club, we need to take a step back. The owners need to take a step back and say, what are we really doing here? Because hiring a a 35 year old or a manager that has potential is great. But like we've seen with players that come into the premier league, potential doesn't always come through. And then we're going back and and spending more Mm -hmm. money and, and, you know, just it's a, it's a messy situation in that case. So I, I really want us to take a step back. Boli and Iqbali have built a great network. Let them go connect with these people. Let them learn from them a little bit and then make a decision. That's that's what I would want. Listen, you said that you have a concern over him being 35 and I'm sitting here going, he's not that much older than us and I have a concern that you and I are not coaching at the highest level. And that's, <laughs> that's a mark of respect and a sign of respect to him, Rahul, of what he's been able to achieve at such a young age, I, I do have to say, I agree with you a little bit in the fact that Bayern Munich is a very well-established squad. I think they've been a squad that's been built year over year to automatically win the Bundesliga. I think they won 10 in a row so far, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe Dortmund had one in there somewhere. And they're a team that's assembled to constantly challenge for the Champions League. And so while there's a mark of respect for Nagelsmann, and I think he's doing fantastic at his 
tender age of 35, it is also where with with the highest level of respect, you could slot me in there and I could potentially win a trophy or two with Bayern Munich because that's the beauty of the squad they've assembled. It is just unbelievable. However, you do have to have some level of man management to control the egos that are in that room. And I think that is an important thing to take away from it. Like I said, I don't know Nagelsmann. I don't follow enough about the German Football League and all of that, but I have seen the Bayern Munich squad and some of the players, and most notably, João Cancelo goes there from Man City, and we know he's a very vocal player, and he wants to play every single minute, but there are big names in and around that pitch, and I did not hear too much negative murmurings or too much ego or too much attitude, so he must have done something right in his short time there, Rahul, and so that's something that goes for him, so we'll wait and see. I do echo what you're saying is if the time is right, maybe talk to him and say, hey, come in the summertime and start from there. The one thing I will say against that, and we'll talk about the other managers here in just a second, what I'm hearing online is a lot of followers, a lot of listeners would love for a manager to come in now. And the reason is we have to clear a bloated squad. You give that manager the 10, 12 weeks or so to really find out who he likes. You can look at Mason Mount, Rahul, with Graham Potter, maybe he was on the way out. You might get a manager that comes in and says, you know what, I really fancy Mason Mount and I want him to stay and he may say the right things. And he's just an example. There's several other players on the fringes of the squad. Conor Gallagher's, your Ruben Loftus' cheeks, your Chalobas that might be saying, hey, I'm okay leaving the club. But a new manager might come in and say, this person is critical to the way I want to play. And oh, by the way, if we keep them, I don't have to go splash the cash to find somebody else of that profile again. So... It's a very interesting discussion. It remains to be seen what happens. That's just my two thoughts. Let's roll into Luis Enrique next, Rahul. Several episodes ago, you had said, and I hope I can go find it and maybe quote it, but you had said he is not the guy for Chelsea. And before you come in and say a few words, he's managed the likes of Barcelona B when he started early on. Roma, Celta, he actually managed Barcelona and won a few things with them as well. And then most notably, he was with Spain. I don't think that went as well as maybe he hoped. But there's a lot of experience there, Rahul, on the opposite end of the spectrum to Nagelsmann, 52. Do you still think he is not the man for the job? Do you know what? The last time I said that was for Tuchel, and we saw how that went. (laughs) So um, really, what do I know? But I I just based on a feeling, right? Luis Enrique, you mentioned Barcelona B, you mentioned Roma and yes, those aren't easy jobs. Those aren't, those aren't little jobs, right? Even the Spanish team. But his all his glory, all his trophies as a manager came for the Barcelona side that had Messi, Neymar, and Suarez, MSN, as we as we famously yep. know them as. But apart from that, he had a squad there. He had, I think he replaced Pep Guardiola or Tito Villanova, who was maybe in between the two. Right. So he had a squad there, like we were talking about a spine with Chelsea and, mm-hmm. and Di Matteo. That Barcelona team had a spine. You throw in a Suarez and a Neymar in there, and all of a sudden you've got a goal scorer, you've got a dribbler on, on the other side from Messi. Messi isn't doing all the work, even though he is. And I just feel like it's... It's easy, right? You're talking about Bayern Munich with Nagelsmann, and and you could go in and win the trophies there. I could say the same thing with Enrique and that Barcelona team. And I'm not trying to disrespect him, right? But I just feel like coming to Chelsea, coming to the Premier League, where you've got a Man City that are always going to be there. You've got Liverpool, who will definitely be back next season. You've got Manchester United, who will be coming back. Arsenal, who most likely will end up as champions this season. It's not an easy job to walk into. And and the expectations for Chelsea are now going to be, well, you've spent $700 million, you've fired two coaches. A trophy has to be at the end of that light, right? And the end of that tunnel. And it might not be the Champions League this season, but next season, right. I think, even a fan base who's going to be like, yeah, we're in transition, is expecting a trophy. So yeah. I don't know if Enrique is the guy to deliver, deliver it. I know a lot of fans out there think he could come in and, and get us playing that beautiful football. But right now, I just want someone that comes in and gets us solid at the back and gets us a few wins. Forget playing attractive and and beautiful football. 
And there's the famous words again. I don't know if he's the man, but Rahul, <laughs> between 2014 and 2015, and even going into 2017, Enrique won absolutely everything with Barcelona. And yes, he had a fantastic squad. And yes, you had one of the world's best players in Lionel Messi. And and to be fair, Suarez and Neymar were, were not too far behind in some of the world's best players. But again, a couple of things that I like about him that I said with Nagelsmann is he's got the experience. He's managed a big dressing room with big names, but what he brings to the table is some winning, some that experience of actually winning things and know what it's like to to win a league and to win a Champions League and go from there. You see some of the names we're linked with, and we'll move to the next one in just a second here because it's interesting, but some of the names we've we've been linked with have had that winning experience and have had the managerial of big name squads. And with all due respect to Brighton, that's really a huge step up for Graham Potter, and you could see that as soon as he started, it was just overwhelming. I think you made the joke when he came for his first Champions League day. He had a better haircut, neat beard, <laughs> nice suit. You could tell that it meant something to him, which is what was beautiful about the moment was it's such a huge step up. It meant something big versus some of the managers we've seen don't change, whether it's a Premier League night or a Champions League night. They're wearing the same tracksuit and they're there week in, week out, right? So definitely something to pay attention to. I don't know if he's the right man, just like Nagelsmann. He's, there's a reason he's being linked with Chelsea, and so we'll kind of go from there. Speaking of winning ways and maybe lack of winning ways, Rahul, another one we're linked with is Pochettino, Maurizio Pochettino from just down the street. He did go and try himself out at Paris Saint-Germain, had a little bit of success there, but similar to Enrique, squad's built for you. I could go there and win some stuff, at least I would think. Your thoughts on Pochettino? Pochettino 100% isn't the guy. <laughs> <laughs> you can... You can quote me on that one for sure. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, no, look, I, I think he did a great job at Tottenham. He had limited resources. But we've seen that the expectations, and I think Conte said it the best, the expectations, and not even as a manager, I think before he even went to Tottenham. <laughs> um, I think he said, I don't even remember the exact quote, but basically it was like for Tottenham, it's not about winning trophies it's just about competing and for Chelsea it's all about winning trophies and of course yeah. he was wearing a Chelsea shirt when he said that but it's true I mean we've seen it since then he himself went to Tottenham and continued to say that as a Tottenham manager so <laughs> that tells you everything that you need to know yes Pochettino went to uh, PSG he obviously won I think a few trophies there but that that doesn't really tell you much and, and he's a good manager he can get the best out of young players. I mean, Deli Ali under him was was a hundred million pound player. We've known how mm -hmm. that's gone. So he can definitely get it done. I just it just concerns me that he's got that Tottenham DNA, which means he bottles it when it really matters. <laughs> um, and I don't want that at Chelsea. I want us to to get over the line. I want us to get over the hump. But look, if he comes in, we know he's got the experience. We know he's he's familiar with the Premier League. He he knows how to maneuver through the league and, and the champions league but for me he's he's done enough just not enough to be a chelsea manager and i think that's what we said about potter and i think to be perfectly honest when it comes to pochettino although i think chelsea is a bigger club in terms of history and what we've won and and the competitions we've been in because the premier league for me is the toughest league in the world I liken them to Paris Saint-Germain is that they are also a top club. And of course, now they're dwindling down and changing the way they run things. But he only survived a year and a half there, Rahul. And that's important to note, right? We're looking for the next manager to come, at least in my opinion. And what we're perceiving or seeing that ownership wants is maybe a long-term project. And if someone like Pochettino, who did good at Southampton, did better at Tottenham, and then went to PSG, and yes, you're expected to win everything, but only survived a year and a half, you start to question, right? Is that the man? While yes, he's got the experience of doing well with young players, which is what we've been recruiting for, and he's got some success under his belt with automatically winning the League One, it does come back to the fact of, can he be here and do that on repeat for three, four, five years? Which I don't know if that's the answer. I haven't seen him linked very much so with the Chelsea job recently, but when you have an opening like this, a lot of agents and a lot of managers will throw themselves at you and say, we can get something done. So it's important to talk about him as well, but it remains to be seen where this one falls into the whole mix. But 
Let's move on to maybe the fantasy signing. I'm not sure if this is one that will ever happen because of who he is and what he said in the past, but Zinedine Zidane is on the market, Rahul, and maybe not linked by journalists, but Chelsea fans seem to be very, very excited for him to take the helm at, at Stamford Bridge. Your thoughts on the mercurial Zinedine Zidane? It's, it's an interesting one because if I support it and I say I'm in favor of it, our listeners and, and fans are going to turn around and be like, well, he also managed a Real Madrid team that had mm. Ronaldo, Benzema, Bale, uh, and got them you know, back to, was it three Champions Leagues in a row? Or, or three in a row, Definitely yeah. two, um, right? But I think it's it's beyond that. It's Zinedine Zidane. I mean, we, we grew up watching him, and it wasn't just... It's not just about the manager, it's about the player. If you imagine him walking into that dressing room. And if you and I grew up watching him, there's players certainly in our dressing room that have watched him or or interacted with him, maybe an Angola Conte or Tiago Silva, and he walks in and, and you're Mudrik and you're like, Hold on a second, I'm being managed by Zidane. If this man tells me to to stay on the left and not cut in, I'm staying on the left and not cutting in. Uh, but I I think Zidane's too smart and he's if he's coming to England, I think he's going to come into a structure or a team that are a little more set up and a little further along in the project. And seeing how PSG are doing this season, I think that job is most likely going to be available in the very near future. And I think he would he would prefer to maybe go there and, and work with the likes of Mbappe and Neymar and, and maybe Messi. So I think you're right. It's a fantasy. It's a dream signing or dream manager that could come in. Um, and listen, he hasn't gone in yet because he re- he left Madrid three, four seasons ago at this point, and I'm sure he's had tons of offers, and, and I think we were waiting for him to take the French job. That didn't happen. So I think the PSG job is where he'll end up next, but if he comes in, I can I can confidently say that he, he could definitely get us a couple of trophies. Wouldn't that be nice? And just to confirm, he did win three Champions League back to back to back of course Rahul just to reiterate what you're saying he did have the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo who would just drag Madrid in those Champions League games and of course Gareth Bale and Karim Benzema are no no names to sleep on absolutely not but I look at Zidane and I think you at one of the highest most prestigious clubs in the world in, in the likes of Real Madrid and I think he walked out on them twice right so while I think he has the pedigree and I think he has that aura which if he wants to come in and do the job for the next 10, 12 weeks and wake up these boys and get us a Champions League, I'm all for it. But I think he has that when things are not right and he's not getting everything he wants his way, he's just going to up and walk. He kind of gives me a little bit of that Antonio Conte kind of vibe where it's like, if you don't trust me 100% and you don't give me exactly what I want and you don't you know, get off my case when I'm not doing things the way you want, I'm just going to walk up and leave. I think... It's one of those where, can he come here and do it for three or four years? I don't think so. So if you're looking for short-term success, you want to pay him a lot. I'm sure he'd come do the job for a few a few weeks and, and figure out what he can do there. But absolutely not not the right person, in my opinion, either. But it would be absolutely fun to see him come lead Chelsea for a few weeks. I, I have one for you that sure. I know it's... I know we've spoken about it in the past, but Jose Mourinho, Jackie. Mm. Third time around... Knows Chelsea, knows Chelsea under the Roman Empire, not not the new owners, obviously. But he knows Chelsea, what we stand for. I think he has a home pretty close to to Cobham. Mm-hmm. His family enjoys London. Do you bring him back? It's funny that you asked that question, Raul, because I was going to ask a question to you of, would you like to do a dance with a previous manager? And, I, and the reason I said that is Conte is on the market. Jose Mourinho has hinted he's interested in, in the Chelsea job. We're hearing Carlo Ancelotti might become available in the summer when Real Madrid say he's not the right guy anymore. So there's some few exes you can go back to, and they don't they say <laughs> don't go back to your ex. But Jose's special, Rahul. He's a special one, not because he called himself the special one, because the relationship he built with the fans, with the players, with the ownership, I don't think many managers would get a second call up like he did. And I know. I say that, and Crystal Palace have called Roy, Roy Hudson back right away, and I'm <laughs> laughing here in the corner. But I mean, in that level of competition and that quality, right? Jose is a special one, and I think you look at Chelsea had, I think, Ranieri before him, Hullet, Viali, a few managers that were very passionate, and 
did a very good job, but no one could break that duck off. I think it was 55 years or 50 years we had not won the Premier League, and he just took us to the next level, right? So he brought the, the Community Shield. He brought the Carling Cup. He brought the FA Cup. It was one step or one ghost goal away from the Champions League as well. And the team he built, Rahul, from 2004, and yes, don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a club involved, right? There's other staff involved. But ultimately, I think you look at the style of players that came in, they were all Jose Mourinho-style players that came in. We still hear the infamous story of Drogba coming in and, and Mourinho saying, Mr. Ramaj, don't talk too much. Give me Drogba. <laughs> Just give me Drogba, right? That team he built went on to win many more trophies all the way up until maybe 2012, 2013, when Robbie Di Matteo had Lampard, John Terry, Drogba, all of those guys, even Michael Essien for a little bit, Ashley Cole winning that Europa Europa League Cup in 2013, right? And so that finishes and you go, man, this has been incredible. We're going to lose some of these key players. Who comes back in to do the rebuild? Jose Mourinho steps back in. He attracts the likes of Ramirez. He attracts the likes of Fabregas, of Costa. Matic came back to the club and he built another spine that went on to win not only the Premier League for him, but the Carling Cup and FA Cup. And then, of course, we won the infamous Champions League. Yes, a lot of that is down to what Frank Lampard did and and did. But he did the second rebuild and was able to build another spine that stayed with us. So if you're asking me and I went on this long tangent, I am willing to do the third dance with our ex. I'm willing to bring him back to the club. I think my only concern is this, and you probably will, will repeat the same thing. The owners want communication. They want someone who's willing to collaborate. I think Jose wants to block out the noise and get stuff done his way, which is going to be very, very interesting if the owners will will deviate from what they're experiencing and expecting. But I'll pass it back to you. I would do the dance one more time with Jose Mourinho. I I, I agree with you. Let me Let me start there. I think the last time he came in, which was in 2013, I think it was, uh, we were suffering to find our identity. We were suffering to find who we were because we had had AVB, we had Dimitar, of course, and, and much respect to him. Then we had Rafa Benitez. And so I think we were just, as fans, not sure of... And I'm not saying we didn't know who we were, who we were but I think we were just struggling to figure out where we were headed. And then he comes back, and then suddenly you go from we're Europa League winners to, oh, I think we can win the Premier League next season. And 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 that's down to him. It's not just the players. It's down to him because you know what right. you can get out of him. And I know a lot has changed. It's 10 years on since that last time he came back. But he's still Jose Mourinho. He still knows how to get things done. He still knows how to win trophies. He goes to Roma last season and, and wins them a trophy. He wins the Europa Conference League for the first time. So... Trophies go with Jose Mourinho unless unless you're at Spurs. Um, and I've had a few digs at them today. <laughs> but um, no, look, if if the owners ultimately decide that, I think it would be a move to kind of settle the fan base, to kind of let the fan base know, look, we're listening to you. We, we want to have someone that understands Chelsea. But I don't think it would be a marriage made in heaven because we ultimately know how Jose Mourinho is and we know yeah. it seems like the owners... Uh, how they are so it would be a very short-term thing and maybe not in a year but a two or three years we'd be back here talking about another managerial change so it would be great in the short term i think we would even pick up a couple of trophies but i think long term unless jose Mourinho completely changes which is not going to happen right so um Yes, listen. I'll in, you're I'll not, enjoy you're it. not changing Jose Mourinho <laughs> anytime soon. <laughs> I'll enjoy it if he comes back, but I, I think the owners are probably going to go in a different direction, which um, hopefully is is what will work out for us in the club. Look, that's fair, and I think you can say Jose will come in and burn bright and maybe have a spark. And Rahul, like I said, he builds teams and he probably weeds out weak individuals. And you can talk about. Unfortunately, losing Salah and losing KDB and losing Mata, yes, but he built a strong team that lasts. Not to say that KDB didn't go on and build a legacy at Man City or Salah didn't build a legacy at Liverpool, but that, at that time, he weeded out players that were not instantly ready to show their 100%. And yes, you get it wrong sometimes, but so has many other managers. We've let players go under Frank Lampard. We've let players go under Thomas Tuchel, and now we're thinking of bringing them back. So 
if we want to burn bright but fizzle out quickly, maybe Jose is the right call. But listen, it's going to ultimately come down to our ownership, what they see as the vision. Is it still the same? Is it going to work if they keep it the same? Football has changed a lot, Rahul, in the modern generation, and there are no more managers. Uh, let me say this. There are fewer managers these days that are going those 10 years like your Sir Alex Ferguson's. I know Klopp and you know the likes of Pep have gone five, six years, and that's impressive. But again, it's a tough industry to be in. So ultimately, the owners and the board have to make the smart decisions. But I'll pass it back to you to take us home, my friend. I agree with you. Look, it's another dark day at the club in the sense that another manager leaves and, and we have to restart. But if any club knows how to maneuver and get it, get past it, it's Chelsea. So we wish Graham Potter the best. I know he'll probably end up taking some time reflecting, debriefing and seeing where things went wrong and, and come back stronger, whether that's in the Premier League or elsewhere, we'll find out. And for Chelsea, we have to move forward. We have to continue to to fight and, and see where we end up because 11th place is not good enough. Uh, and wherever we end up is not going to be good enough, but it's all about moving in the right direction. And if it's Bruno for the rest of the season, then it's Bruno. But we have to, as a club, like I said, take a step back. New owners have come in. They've been gung-ho with players and, and recruitment behind the scenes, which is all good. But if you're not winning on the pitch, the fans are always going to be upset. And, and that's one thing that they have to remember. And I think they know that they're smart individuals. So, it's a new era coming up, guys, and, and buckle up because that's what Chelsea does. And hopefully we'll we'll be talking about some success maybe at the end of the season. But uh, we'll, we'll stay tuned and, and get through it together. So thanks for tuning in and continue to subscribe, like, and follow us. It's at the Premier Chelsea on all podcast providers, Instagram, and on Twitter. It's at Premier Chelsea. And we will be back with the Liverpool review, Jackie. We didn't even get to talk about Liverpool coming up. But hopefully we'll get the three points there. We'll be in a better mood. Uh, and have started the Bruno era, and maybe he'll have a 100% win rate in, in the next time we meet, guys. But until then, stay safe and up the Chels. Hey, guys. The Premier Chels is sponsored by Kickoff Coffee. They are a top-quality artisanal roasted coffee. In other words, they're Champions League winner and Premier League winner every single time. They deliver fresh bags directly to your home, so you don't have to go to a coffee shop and pick up something. And the best part about them is every bag gives back to soccer charities. 10% of the proceeds go to organizations that use soccer to promote youth social development in the underserved areas. Use our code TPCOFFEE15 to get 15% off your order. You can order at kickoffcoffeeco.com or check out the links on our social media. Thanks.